Hey, Jonathan, thanks for making the time to chat with me today. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to it. I am too. I was really excited to do this. I'm really yeah, happy thank to you. Thank you. So you, uh, you have recently been on a good friend of mine's podcast, Mark Stinson. How did you guys, how did he find you? How'd you guys meet? I believe I found him through matchmaker.fm. It was something that was recommended to me a while ago by someone and I just kept going through podcasts, but it was really a blur because of how much I'm doing in the day and how much I'm trying to get done. So I believe that's how we met. Are, are you in, are you, I mean, in addition to school and all that stuff, which I want to dive into, I mean, it's almost seems like you're in kind of book promotion mode. Is that accurate? I definitely am. You talk to me, you have any conversation with me. Hey, did you remember my book? Hey, you know, I did this thing called a book. You know how to check it out. Like it's full on self-plugging, self-promoting. It's a you struggle. Don't yeah. you? You have to do it. No one else is going to do it for you, are they? Yeah, I realized that after, like, I, like on October 5th, the day after I published, I'm like, okay, when's my marketing team going to arrive? <laughs> yeah, right. I didn't read the fine print or good enough. <laughs> so, uh, and I, that was going to be my question. Are you doing all of your own publicity and marketing or do you have assistance? What's, what's up there? To my knowledge, I'm all alone. I well, think my shadow might help You're doing a really a great bit, job so far from what I see. I have no clue. I'm just going in blind. Take your first shot in the dark, you figure out where you land, then you move from there. Yeah, because in my experience and, and also my own personal experience, but also what I see in other authors is they may be really great at writing the book, but then it just sits around in the garage or in a, in a spare room because as you know, you, after you write it, you got to promote it and market it and sell it and get it in front of people. That you are doing that is kind of impressive. It's kind of my life at this point. I've just accepted it. We move on and we just go as a part of it. So Absolutely. Well, let me start off by asking you, why did you write this book? Okay. We're going to break that question up a little bit. So why did I write in the genre? I, didn't, I couldn't create a world with my mind for a fictional book because I knew if I was going to write fiction, I would need to create an, a full-on world. I can't just write a book on some rough thing that just barely works with principles. I would need to create a solid principle, a solid foundation. And I didn't have the creativity for that at the time. And about a year, year and a half earlier, I started watching a bunch of motivational and self-help YouTube videos a lot. So I would go through all of them basically just on repeat thinking about it. And then I started to go through certain people's careers and figure out what they were talking about. Cause I noticed some of them only had one talking point through their five years of speaking. And it's like, are you really a motivational speaker? Have you only done one motivational thing or is that just by luck? Yeah. And then I started to reflect on my own world and like taking my own patterns and stuff and combine them into my book. Wow. So, so you kind of went on a journey prior to writing the book and then felt compelled. Is that accurate to write the book? Yeah. It was an accidental journey on trying to just gain efficiency. Is that so? Yeah. I know you talk a lot about productivity and efficiency in the book. I want to dive into that too in a moment. So when you say that you're trying to gain efficiency, what do you mean by that okay, in relation so, to the book? Rephrase that for me. In real uh, so it sounded like you said, I'm, I'm just trying to gain efficiency. Um, was that part of the process of writing the book? You just wanted to force yourself to do something hard or challenging and work through that process or how did, how did efficiency play in with the writing of the book? Um, over, it didn't 
particularly playing it to it immediately because I didn't think about writing a book a year out. I just kind of sat down one day and I was like, let's start writing. And then I'm like, okay, now we can just do a book. And then I just kept writing avidly. And then I then compiled it all and then reformatted it a little bit and then had the book. But at the same time, I would say efficiency played a key role because that's who I am as a person. I like to be efficient and that was the entire goal of more or less who I am. So just as a general, yeah, I I get it. I get it. Um, Like I said, I mean, it's a big book. It's not, it's not a, you know, half an hour read or a a 20 minute read. It's obviously there's some work put into it for sure. How long did it take you to write it? Okay. This question can also be answered in two ways. Um, In total, I would say it took me six to eight months to write. If I were to measure in hours where I actually was working on it, I would say it would probably be 300 hours of writing time. Wow. Yeah. That's a chunk of time for sure. And I, I read, I read that you try to write every day, at least when you're trying to produce something. Do you do that all the time? Make a point to write every day? Is that part of your process? I've tried that. Um, recently, things have all been slipping out of place because teenagers' life isn't the most stable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I've been making an effort to, but I also have a lot of other daily responsibilities that are um, outside the realm of normal. So I also try to write down a new business idea every single day. So when I'm like 27 and I have money, I can look through them and be like, this is a good one. Do you Tinder with business ideas? Um, yeah, I, I, I read about that. I, I know you mentioned that and I definitely want to touch on that. I, I feel we have a lot to touch on because I love, the, I love the, that you're into business and I definitely want to pick your brain a little bit about that. So you, so you kind of sound like you have some other things maybe you, that you like move the plate around as far as what's important at the moment. Like you say, balancing kid life, teenager life, business ideas, writing. I, I get it. You can't do everything all the time. Can you? Yeah. It's kind of hard to right now. I'm working on it though, but it's, it's not something I can really blame on other people. I would say it's more of a disciplinary thing because I can definitely move my schedule around on a daily basis to figure out the daily responsibilities that I need to get done. But as of now, I'm starting to get back into that habit and I'm going full efficiency. I'm going in that full economical mode of getting the most out of my time so I don't end up wasting it as I'm trying to get a second book out or a second book written. Are you in the process of writing a second book? I am. Over this winter break, I want to get half of it done. Wow. Good for you. uh, Can you share any ideas of what that's about or titles or working titles, what the deal is? Working titles, I have a couple. One of them is My Only Rival is Within. Mm-hmm. And another one is, let me go open it really quickly. Um, you, Me, or Reality. And those are two working titles, but it's mainly going to be, it's going to touch on a lot of the three perspectives that I would like to bring to the table, which is the perspective of, it, of everything from a child's perspective or an aunt's perspective of the world a perspective from a regular adult's take, and then a perspective from the world as a whole as a whole entity, as if it was one unit acting together for sustenance, if you will. Wow, that, that sounds, that sounds uh, complex to a degree for you to juggle, but that sounds interesting as well. Yeah. Cool, cool, because I, I know you mentioned in near the, maybe at the very end of your book that you may not write another book. You were toying with a podcast or something to express yourself but sounds like you've changed that uh, <laughs> you've kind of got some books that want to come through you 
Yeah, I've I have too big of a list to now just quit on it now. Like Yeah. Well that's awesome. Tell me about the title, the title and the subtitle. How did you come up with that and what is the meaning? So the society, the world in which we live, how did you get that? Okay, so to this day, I didn't actually plan this, but the moment like I decided on my title, the meme for society came around. You know, we live in a society. And I now my books forever notice that for my friends. But the real way that I chose a title, it didn't, it kind of spoke to me originally, but I wanted it to be on society, but I didn't want it to have a connotation either way. I wanted it to be really neutral with its um with the actual full title. So I was like, society. It encapsulates everything and it collects it all together, even though it might be a little bit overused and potentially corny in that sense. Mm-hmm. But the subtitle, The World in Which We Live, it sounds backwards for some reason. Like it's when you read it or when you type it, something about you makes makes you want to say um or type something else that's oddly similar. Almost yeah. like the Mandela effect, which is what I wanted to capture in that. Doesn't really help for Google searching, but <laughs> No, are you saying it's kind of like Yoda speak? Is that what you're saying? Like Star Wars Yoda speak, how he tw- twists up the words, the world in which we live? Like <laughs> not necessarily that, but you know, um if you get a chance, let me try and make um an a reference to the Mandela effect. You know how there's the Jiffy peanut butter? Is yeah. it with a G or with a J? J. It's with a J. I don't want to Google it because I won't really know. Okay. But people think that it's with a G. People think that it's with a J. Okay. And then based on that Mandela effect. So it seems like the title sounds different than what it is when you type it almost. It's a weird illusion type thing when you, when you mess with it for so long. So it just I grew see. on me. Yeah, it can kind of t- twist with your brain a little bit and, and the thinking. I get it. I see that. Um, so I want to talk about, I got a lot of, like I said, I got a lot of things here I want to chat with you about, but you talk about the game, the game of life in your book. I would love for you to maybe share your rules. You know, what, what do you have some principles or rules that you have developed thus far that work for you that you see maybe, uh, you know, playing out nicely, for helping you play the game of life? Mm, that's an interest that's tough because there's definitely one thing that i would like that i am trying to keep in mind and it's that everything is equal so i'm not sure how much of a nerd you and your audience is but the world is surprisingly balanced the developer needs to add a cheat code you know what i mean like some up bbb like down like i could use some of that but it seems that everything's ironically balanced in the way that sometimes you just need to make a choice and do something rather than just ponder it because the outcome is going to the outcome is going to be the same in value either way it's something that's really strange that I'm working on potentially proving. The world could be a giant math equation, but that's besides the point. Other than that, I would say it's stay true to your values, even though it sounds really weird to say, but sometimes you can definitely get away from who you are as a person to do something else based on other people's impressions. So it could definitely be a benefit to make sure you know who you are and to take a lot of time in personal development and being maybe 15 minutes alone, just sitting there thinking about life and just wondering if this is what you really wanted to do and what you can be being true to yourself more or less. Yeah, I totally agree about the values. Well, I, I agree about both of those statements, the idea of just doing something and that will, will move you forward and either give you the feedback of, I don't want to do this anymore, or I do want to do this anymore. It helps you clarify, doesn't it? Taking that action. It does. And also removing certain words from your vocabulary really helps. 
So yeah. one of the things I try not to say, I try not to say words like like or um, because conveniently enough, they don't teach you public speaking in public school. Topic for another day. But <laughs> I, had to, I just thought about that. And when I spoke, I, if I changed and removed those words, you sound a whole lot more intelligent just by speaking. And then you add that into your vocabulary. Then you implement that into your writing. And then when you practice a skill that's not directly related to what you want to get to, it can indirectly improve that skill significantly. And that's what's going to be talked about in my second book, skill improvement at a lower level, not just at the higher level at peak efficiency uh, type deal. And at the same time, can you just remind me? I'm a little bit old right now. Can you just remind me one second about the question I yeah. happened to? Well, well, you you know, I I like the idea of the of the taking the action and it giving you feedback to it, data, so to speak. And it sounds like you're into that too. Like, I mean, you're you're a high school kid. Not many high school kids write books or or invest the time to do that, you know, see those things to fruition. I'm a big fan of like, when you take that action, you get feedback back that helps you take bigger and better actions, you know, it becomes a process. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're talking to is like different skills build on one another. Um, even if they're perceived lower skills, they all, bo- they all buoy up the, the bigger picture, so to speak. You know, yeah, that was kind of what I was getting at. It just yeah. happened to slip my mind really quickly. Well, you were kind of di- diving down the deep rabbit hole there. It's understandable when, you <laughs> when you're yeah. diving deep. But I love the aspect about the values too. On my own journey, when I move, as I'm moving forward, that becomes more and more critical. If you're, if you're not doing anything or you know, making anything or creating anything uh, at all, which I, I've been there. I think we've all been there where we're kind of coasting through life. You don't really have to know yourself, do you? Because you're not creating anything. But when you're making a difference in the world, it becomes more imperative. Otherwise, you could create things that aren't in alignment with your values, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then that's just going to end up biting you in the butt eventually. Eventually, it's come yeah. Back at you. It, it becomes a fa- it's almost necessary to build. You know, I, know you, I know you talk about you know, foundations in your book too. It becomes critical as you're building whatever you're building your creative empire which i think we're, you know we're all creators we're expressors and so if you don't have that foundation of knowing who you are and what you stand for you it's rock it's shifty and it there's it's not built on a on a solid foundation and what you build maybe won't have longevity or be you know valuable so to speak that's interesting um so i, I like that i like that let me ask you what you mentioned some personal development people any do anyone stand out in mind that you really resonate with or that you really or philosophers or people that are on the scene right now that maybe influenced you that you kind of kind of really dig I don't think so no, no one in particular huh just no. kind of all you kind of you went down the you watched a bunch of them and kind of then kind of was inspired to share your own it sounds like yeah, no, none of them really stuck with me for some reason. There's one that kind of stuck with me, but it's just a metaphor. It isn't really anything that would be motivational to the point of um, being a factor more or less of my major success. I like to atone a lot of what I've done so far based on my height because I'm short. You know how it is. Oh, are you? Okay. <laughs> when you're really short in high school, it can be really rough. So I can imagine. Yeah, high school is rough no matter what you do. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But with that extra time, it's mainly that. But I don't really think I have that much of a of a person to worship or a hero. I just 
there was something someone said to me though i don't remember where but it's like do you really want to live this life and when you go up to whatever happens do you really want someone to put in the tape of your life and be like this is what you're expected to do here's what you accomplish wow and just yeah. compare and contrast and it's like you could have done so much more yeah i it almost sounds like one of the things i think about often being on my deathbed and looking back and maybe the the things that i didn't do or regretted that i didn't do then do those things right now you know uh i would agree with that yeah, if i really but that goes against one of my ideas that as you get older the less you worry about yourself and the more you live for other people mm. and such because when you're a child all you can think about is myself and then recently about i would say a month two months ago i finally felt happiness for someone else genuinely mm. and with that that really brought into that because normally even for me i thought for a while ago that it was just fake you just say congratulations and it's just obligatory and it's but i genuinely felt happy for them and then i was like i think i'm transferring into adulthood as i mm. switch and i start to feel other people's um happiness and stuff and create that emotional intelligence if you will and bond with people on that level and then assuming that carries that's going to build towards um as you age to the seasoned crowd which where you're going to be living purely for the happiness of your grandchildren and stuff mm, where that's a good point yeah I, I i buy that i buy that aspect um well and, and the other thing you 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 kind of have the benefit of it seems like a lot of wisdom up see a lot of younger kids i know i i didn't have a high degree of life wisdom so to speak as a teenager, you seem like you have a good portion of that. And you're also young where you have time. You've, have you heard that quote? If old age only could, if youth only would. No, I didn't hear that, but that definitely makes a lot of sense <laughs> when you say see, it. When you're young, you squ we, when you're young, you generally squander time and waste time and maybe don't do as much of productivity think productive things as you could. And then as you get older, you start to face your own mortality generally, generally. And you think, well, I, I want to do all these things and create these things and do all these things. But then sometimes the energy to do that isn't there where it was in youth. So it's kind of um, ironic, so to speak, you know? Yeah. But, but you, but that's awesome. Um, let me t talk briefly about your productivity system. Do you have a, you kind of touched on this when you talk about working on different projects, but how do you stay productive? Do you have like, do you use like checklists or do you use kind of a bullet list method to get things done? How do you stay productive and balance tasks? I just like to ask people who create things about that. Well, one of the things I would do anything that's time sensitive, I put that on a calendar mm. and I try to make sure that calendar is accurate <laughs> so that I can just follow it for things that need to be done. Anything that's independent of, of that calendar, let's say if I'm writing a book or something, I will have that always open on my computer and always visible to me. But at the same time, I want to always work on it, but I'll make sure to work on it when it comes, when the feeling comes to do it, as well as doing it whenever I have um, the time, because with parents being around, it's kind of hard to write as you hear a TV going and such. So I try to work outside of everyone's schedule which leads into how people normally say wake up an hour earlier or in that stuff. But I just stay up later, get it all done there. Mm -hmm. But that's basically how I would stay productive for most things. And it's definitely finding habits that mine aren't the same as everyone else's where you would just insert a certain time. You do it at this time every single day because my schedule isn't that lenient, but um, I do the same routine when I want to do the same task over and over again. 
Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that I think really primes my brain for it. So I go put on Pandora, I have that playlist going, and then it just all starts coming to me. It all the neurons just start going. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree. Um, okay, I want to. I'm going to dive into the business aspect because I I geek out on on business ideas and and problem solving. Tell me how, wh- why you're into that. Why are you into business ideas? Why do you write those down and stuff like that? Well, I write them down because I definitely want to make a business in the future. So that's definitely something that's going to be important in my life that I believe. So if I have the ideas down now, I'll already have that way of creating thought. And when I need to create a business idea, let's say it's one, all, everything on this list is already taken, if you will, then I could easily just think of an idea because it's a daily routine to think to brainstorm. Yeah, it's a muscle, isn't it? And if you open up that channel, ideas just start flowing out, don't they? I believe so. Yeah. 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 What's your fate? I mean, right now, what type of business do you, do you have other than the author and selling books and doing that kind of thing? Do you have anything going right now or anything that excites you in a, in a certain area in the business world to solve problems or? I like following the tech world of the business world. It's a really interesting thing there, but that isn't, I don't think that's really where your question is. But currently, I am working on a grant. I submitted a grant with my school for a Samsung on the Solve for Tomorrow project. And in that, we want to create an app onto our student, um, on our student dashboard to where it would put people, where it would put students in groups of four that are all in the same grade and they would have friends to be able to talk to. Mm-hmm. Because freshmen and transfer students will not be able to make friends if they don't go to school in a blended environment. If they stay home, they're not going to make friends. Oh, so you're kind happen. of, so, so you maybe foresee that this situation we're in right now may be going long-term and then you're, you're finding ways to connect people via, via online or this app if they're staying at home and doing school from home. Is that the idea? I don't think this is going to be a long-term issue, but it's definitely an important issue nonetheless because mental health didn't just start with whatever's going on now and what happened this year. It started long before that. Okay. And I think this would just be another thing on how to solve it, especially with students, because sometimes it can be really hard in a big school like ours to just find someone to actually and genuinely listen to talk to, even though there's so many people, not many of them actually are willing to take the time. And I've lost too many people that I know and too many people in class to just let that go idly by for one more student. So I'd rather give them the chance to be there and for to have someone to be there for them in just a small group where they can help each other out, talk openly, so it doesn't feel forced upon them, but it gives them a chance to connect. Uh, that sounds really beneficial and helpful. Yeah, uh, I think adults, well, I should say, once you get out of high school, you kind of forget how challenging it is and how much emotions and you know things are going on. Um, that's That sounds like a really great uh, project, yeah. So... The, the, but moving forward, I like the fact that you're, you're thinking about business because I, I kind of always have dabbled in different things and like made things more from a creative design standpoint and then, of course, promoted it into business. But I think you're on the right track because the sooner you start, because there's such a learning curve like about marketing and branding and positioning your product and stuff like that, that you're, you're on the track because that's what it's all about. That's where the I think the fulfillment is in solving those problems. Like that's an awesome social problem to solve. And then also 
realizing value from your, you know, effort, stuff like that, monetary value. So that's exciting. Is but it's also <laughs> takes a lot of time. It does take a lot of time. It really does. But like you know, I I think if you have that foundation early on, and you probably know people that you follow, you know, online or in the business world, that sacrificed early on, and then they're able to you know kind of reap those rewards. I mean, it's always going to be a sacrifice to a degree when you're choosing something over something else. My my theory is, hey, you might as well sacrifice early when you have the a lot more energy and, and potentially time to make a lot of mistakes before you get, you know, to hit that, hit that home run, so to speak. That is true. That compounding interest. You know it. Yeah. It just, cause, cause, because, you know, it's the whole idea. It doesn't always take this much, but it generally does, you know, 10 year overnight success or, you know, 10,000 hours to mastery. It does take time to get good at anything, including business and bringing ideas. Um, let me ask you about this. Tell me a little bit about the education system from your perspective, because I have some <laughs> kind of strong feelings that I've developed having gone through it and then getting into life and realizing, well, maybe I didn't have the, the best preparation in school. And I definitely don't want to play like a victim role and say, you know, they should have, they, they could have this kind of thing. But tell me your perspective. Um, you touched on this in your book about the education system. I know that's a big question. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 big, it's a big question. Give me whatever your thoughts are at the moment about the education system. You're in it. Yeah, so part of the education system is taking the higher level classes, which are your AP classes. And those are the highest level classes that are recognized nationwide. And if you pass the end of course exam, you get a college credit. That sounds great. But what they don't tell you is that a certain amount of people are, or a certain percentage of people are bound to fail. Hmm out the gate, they're bound to fail. And it's all controlled by one company. That's a nonprofit that makes a surprising amount of profit. Mm -hmm. uh, they convenient that they charge $100 per test. But our school waives it, luckily, because we're a good school. But we also start to think about other things, such as how planning works. It seems as if the planning within the school system is really short-sighted. And it's hard to figure out why. Because our school, they knew how many people were going to be attending our school. They knew how the area was going to grow. And the second year that it was built since I came in to the school as it was brand new, the second year it was already overcrowded. It was already over capacity. Mm, wow. And they knew that, but they couldn't have just changed the design elements to make it more space efficient. They couldn't have made it and bought up slightly more land and used it a little bit more efficiently to make it better for us. So I think it's those little nitty gritty that no one pays attention to. That really is how the school system falls because there are some great teachers that I definitely know and that have been pretty, pretty helpful in just their insights, but they get short-sighted by the system that no one has the power to really change. And that would be something I would like to get into, but I feel like that might take multiple lifetimes to fix. Mm -hmm. And then you start to get into the fact of what they ask the students to do. And they ask us to think outside the box only to a limit. Because with Common Core, that entire thing, since it's still technically around, They'll ask you analytical questions, but when you go too into deep with it, into depth with it, they decide, eh, no, we're good. That's wrong now. Yeah. Because certain things like, let's say in economics, because I'm taking that right now, and even though I really enjoyed and have a really good grade in that class, I'll still, um, me and my teacher will still question the fact of how, if everyone gets a free college degree, how does that make production of raw materials increase? Mm -hmm. That is not possible. 
that instant shift isn't physically not possible because it takes four years to get a degree. So no matter what, there's still that waiting time. So it doesn't instantly go. And if you're getting a college degree, who is working with their hands when they get a college degree? Because that's more of a, um, a more of an, a thought based type of right. job. Right. So it's those types of things where, where you truly dig into it. And then when you start to broaden it out, cause they want the best answer. And let's say you give the best answer to most questions it will be marked incorrect because it's out of the scope of the course. Yeah. Because I can, tie, I can tie things from, let's say, government, and then I can tie them to the reason on why they were built, which would be based on the need for survival as a country. And then they're going to be like, no, that's not, that's not correct because you went too far beyond. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's infuriating because they train you halfway and then they also give you a slap on the wrist when you go too far. So I definitely feel that same way. It's interesting. You, you really summed it up. My feelings about it too, is that there is a little box that you're able to free think within, but once you go beyond that, you, you get outside in the, in the no man's land and yeah, you, you become kind of rogue, don't you? Like you're, you're outside of the, 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 the parallels there. I think that's very true because in the real world, those kind of questions that you're thinking about and those kind of ideas you're thinking about are relevant, are important because you have, you know, time and effort and money on the line and, and, and problems to solve that are not going to go away by limited thinking. Right. So I, I see your point. That's really interesting. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, but we'll touch on that for one more second. Yeah, do it. Go also ahead. Don't teach time management properly. In what it's, sense? What do you mean by that? Cause they give us a calendar that's built in, but they mark all the things that we need to do that are due on that date on that calendar. And we can't do anything to really affect what's already on the calendar. And it's not like they try to keep us up to date. They say, hey, use a calendar, use a planner. But if everyone's just going to um, procrastinate, what's going to happen is they're going to have that one day. And they're just going to be working on the day for what's due on that day. And it's not really going to be helpful compared to giving a system that tries, that gives a date range and shows you when things are going to be due. Because if you see a two-week assignment and then you suddenly realize that's due tomorrow, let me start working on that today rather than working on the assignment that you have three days to do, which is going to be shorter. You can easily do that in one day. Mm-hmm. And it's just allowing for bigger and broader time management skills that would be more um, creative, if you will, and then bring that back into creativity. I apparently problem solve completely differently than my friends when it comes to this stuff. Cause I'll go so far into breaking the box that they'll be like, I didn't even think about that, but they were limited by their own um, thought processes in themselves. So it's very interesting. Yeah, that, that, that is problematic because you'd think, and you mentioned um, something earlier about the education system that they maybe don't prepare you well for escapes my mind at the moment, but talking about the, the project planning or the, the due dates, you're right. If they would teach what generally is, I know there are many ways, but generally popular out in the real world is that you break those down into smaller tasks and spread them out over the course of time. And then you know what to do today, which is a chunk of the bigger picture. You think that would be very important to teach kids, wouldn't you? Yes, it would be. (laughs) And if we could also teach kids that burning out isn't a thing, like that would also be really helpful. Mm. Do you see that a lot in your school? Uh, yeah, with my friends too, they do an hour of work and they're like, I- I'm done for the day. I'm like, what do you mean? You you did an hour of work. Congratulations. Let's go next hour. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, but I'm burnt out. I'm like, where was this burnt out? Yeah. Like, I don't remember any other generation using the word burnt out for some reason. Like, I, I see my parents work eight hours a day, even though it's probably a little bit more than that. And I'm like, 
They've never mentioned birth doubt to me in their lives. I wonder. Is it just maybe your maybe your parents they just not that way and they just are down to get it done. Some, yeah, but, some kids have that, don't they? The the easy burnout or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And you start to wonder, like, is this a disease? Can I like write this down <laughs> as well? I'll get it. That's that's funny. That's funny. Um so let me ask you about some future projects. You you mentioned you're writing a book or have a couple of books in works. Um, any other thing on your plate that you could give us a little uh, glimpse of, or you have some secret projects uh, that are top, top secret, you know? <laughs> okay. I can't tell you about my real gun. Okay. But like <laughs> your, your which gun? maybe after the podcast, you can talk about that. Yeah. But um, I'm planning on releasing a book a year for the rest of my life. Hopefully. Wow. Ambitious. So I love it. Yeah, exactly. I can fall somewhere between that, but that seems like I'm, it seems like an obtainable goal seems yeah. like that so far. And then with that, I'm going to be getting a degree in business analytics as in logistics and supply chain management as I just got accepted into the school of choice. Which one so, is that? Can you say? Uh, yeah. University of Florida Polytechnic. Wow. Congrats. I'm, yeah. I'm really happy for that. And I'm really excited to go there. And with that, logistics is one of those things that I natively enjoy in life. So if I would work in that field for about 10 years or maybe less and then start my own business from there, have that business on the side going of whatever that may be. Yeah. Get the experience and yeah. Because logistics seems like one of those things that if you fail at it, you're done. Yeah. Like if you cannot get product to retail, not even a point in trying. On, there's not even a point in having a store at that point. Right. Right. There, there, is, there is no second chance or options, right? It either has to happen or it doesn't. I see that. I see that. Yeah. Wow, that's exciting. So, so now tell me, are you a senior now? I am a senior right now. Oh, okay, so you'll be going to university next year then. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. And you're you're in uh, what northeast now? Is that where you're at? States. Uh, states, Florida, South. Oh, 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 you do. Are you in Florida? Yes, I am. Oh, okay. So, will you be able to then just is that school close, or will you have to travel? It, it is close-ish. It's about 30 to 40 minutes, you know. It's That's not bad. not bad. That's awesome. Okay, cool. How are things down there in Florida in the uh, current situation? Uh, I don't know. I don't really leave the house. School's kind of virtual, so I wake up five minutes before class, get my day started, and then it's all good because class to me is just kind of like a bore fest, even if you're in the hardest classes. But yeah, that's besides the point. It seems... It just seems a little bit off. Yeah. I don't, especially in the subdivision area, because we're all here and we're like, there's a lot of folks out here right now. Like they're taking walks and it's like, is everyone okay? Uh-huh. And then the fact there's a little bit less traffic in the um, Disney bubble is a little bit nice. I can imagine. I hear that's quite insane when things are really rolling. But when it was completely, when everything was locked down, oh, can I tell you, you can drive through there five minutes you're through it and you're like, <laughs> Yes. It's very surreal, wasn't it? At least that was my experience. I mean, when you're driving around and there's not a lot of traffic and things are, it's very kind of like, you know, apocalyptic. Post-apocalyptic, yeah. for sure, for sure. All right, well, Jonathan, before we wrap up, tell me how people can get your book and, and where they can follow you online, social media, websites, etc. Perfect. So, since... 89% of people have an Amazon account and a little bit more have Amazon or a little bit less of Amazon Prime. You can feel free to pick up my book on Amazon. 
currently that's the only retailer, but we're working, we're working with people, you know what I'm saying? But there, I also have an Instagram, a Twitter, and I have a website and hopefully it's just going to work well. I'm really looking forward to working with other media sources and getting some coverage. For sure. Great. For sure. And I'll also put those at, you know, the links to your Amazon page and, and your social in the show notes beneath this uh, episode at gmarkphillips.com when it goes out so people can find it. Um, but thanks for hanging out with me today. I mean, do, do you have any last words or things you want to share before we wrap up here? Ooh, so many things just rushed into my head. I'm not <laughs> sure which one I really want to talk about, but sometimes you just need to sit back and wonder what is it that you have done? What is it that you could have done? And what is it that you should have done? Because you're never going to have a chance to look, to really do what you should have done, but you'll always wonder about those moments. And you want those moments to stick with you because those are going to create your red flags in the future to help you move forward better and just take those better steps rather than just rushing straight into the river. Mm, I like that. That's great advice. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with me today, Jonathan. I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed this. Thank you for having me on. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs>